Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Well, hey, my beautiful friends and my fellow travelers, what is going on? Today is Friday. It's the 7th of October, 2022. I just got back, give you a little secret, I just got back from doing some yoga. I didn't think I would like it, but I actually really like it. Uh, I got one of my friends at, at the gym I go to said, hey, you should come in and, and give this a shot. I think you might like it. And I did, and I'm kind of hooked on it. Now, I'm no great shakes at it, but I, I do enjoy doing it. And as the older I get, the more I need to kind of keep fit and all that type of stuff. Anyway, this is not the Tony Stays Fit podcast. Let me go ahead, and I will give you guys... Some contact info and then we'll jump in with the show if you'd like to contact me so if you'd like to send in an email or if you'd like to record your own audio and I'll play it for you on the show and I'll read that email for you out on the show if you'd like please feel free to do that the email address is firearmscafe at protonmail.com all one word firearmscafe at protonmail p-r-o-t-o-n mail.com If you want to check out any of my social media stuff, I have links to all that over at the website, which is firearmscafe.com. Also there, if for whatever reason you were ever having trouble downloading podcasts or something like that, all of my shows, all the archives, all that stuff is all over there. And it will always, as far as I, my plan is, is going forward that, that those shows will always be up. Anyway, if you'd like to support the show, there is a PayPal donation button where you could support it financially. If you wanted to support it in other ways, you could share the show, uh, links to the show on your social media stuff, or you can just send in uh, comments or suggestions. You can send in shout outs to other shows that you like, pretty much anything. Uh, I do not get twisted around the axle. I know some people who do podcasts or YouTube channels, they don't like to mention other things. I think there's enough of the pie to go around for everybody. So if you had shows that you like or podcasts that you like, send them in to me and I'll give them a shout out. Like I said, we're all in it together. Okay. Speaking of feedback, I did get some feedback and the gentleman has asked not to be identified. So I won't do that. So I will refer to him as mystery man. So mystery man writes in, and he says, I just wanted to let you know that I am out there listening and have been listening to your podcast since probably about 2005. I remember listening to Eric from the Handgun Podcast. And that's Eric Shelton, and he used to have that. And I think I started in 2008, and I think Eric started maybe a little bit before me. And this goes all, this kind of goes way back to Gun Rights Radio days. And I think. I don't know if he started or did some guest stuff in maybe 2007, uh, but I, I pretty I know he for sure started around the same time I did, maybe even a little bit before. I, I can't remember if he started before or after me, but I know he had done some stuff before I did. In fact, listening to some of what Eric was doing, I was like, well, you know, he he's doing that and he's making stuff and he's putting things out that he wants to. I can do that. And I think, but again, I think he was maybe a guest. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but I took inspiration from him. 
and from some other people as well. And I kind of wonder how old Eric's doing. Hope he's doing well. Hope life is treating him well. Anyway, he also writes, and the uh, gun dudes as well. You are a survivor. So I appreciate what you do and have been doing all these years, spreading good info for those of us that care about the Second Amendment. I will keep listening until you stop. Thank you. All right, well, Mystery Man, I appreciate that. I always get, it's a huge kick for me to get um, feedback. Long time ago, I used to get it. We used to get feedback pretty regular. And look, I understand people are busy, people, and uh, it, it takes time to do stuff. Oh, oh, but, it, but anyway, and I know that, you know, I'm a, a very small fish in a very large pond, so... I, but then that's why one of the reasons why I greatly appreciate anybody that takes the time out to do that, even if it's just a real quick little note or if it was just a little thing saying, you know, hi, this is Kevin from uh, what, like Arizona or whatever. Keep up the good work, blah, 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 anything like that. Or you can say, boy, you stink. I, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Any publicity is good publicity, I guess, that type of deal. Anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump in with the show. I think that's about it for my all the social media stuff and for the feedback that we have for today and that was the only bit that we had oh you know what I do I do have one other thing there is a but it's it's the the widget for it is on my uh, on thearmedape.com on on the website over there but it's a quote-unquote voicemail widget and what you can do is using either your computer your laptop or your or your phone it uses the mic from that and you can you click on that button uh, it's a little thing that pops up and it says like leave a voicemail so if you wanted to do that it works and I've got the free thing um, with that and I don't see them really taking anything away they also do a thing where they have pay you can depending on what you do you can have pay so I think that helps them to keep the free but anyway it's called speak pipe and if you go over to thearmedape.com you can click on that and then you can leave a message with that you are limited to 90 seconds and i would say probably if you're going to time it out try and time it out to about maybe 85 seconds because it, it it can kind of cut you off because i've done some tests with it so if somebody would like to leave a message that's an easy way to do it you can just uh, go over to the website click on that and it'll give me a message again you are limited to 90 seconds so all right enough of that stuff let's jump in kind of with the meat and potatoes of the show today and the show may be a little bit shorter for this week i think we may only get one show out for this uh, for this week um it got so busy that i wasn't able to sort of record so this this may take take the place of uh, of kind of wednesday and this next sunday show we'll see how it goes Again, let's jump in here. Enough of my kind of bouncing around here like a ping pong ball. As far as what's going on with the ATF, if we do our ATF minute, it appears that the Supreme Court denied listening uh, or hearing to or taking up, whatever, however we want to say it, uh, one of the cases. There was a, I think there were a couple of cases that were going to go up in front of the Supreme Court having to do with the bump stocks. And I think kind of cutting through everything and keeping it real simple, I think they kind of said, nah, we're not going to hear that. And so what that means, and I think what that means is, I don't think it means that they'd never hear it ever again. Maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys out there know better than I do. 
Uh, let me know if you do. But I think what they're doing for now is they've said, no, we're not going to hear that. We're not going to review this stuff. And so it's going to go back down to the lower courts and that lower, the the ruling, I think, of those lower courts will stand, which means what the case against the ATF was at the time was that you can't just arbitrarily, you know, say this is when before you said it's not and now you say it is and you can't kind of go back and forth. Now, what does that mean for things like um, frames and receivers? Although I think the frames and receivers, we'll, we'll get to that here in a second. So let's, let's kind of put that on the back burner for now. So what does that mean for maybe something like a, the, the pistol brace? And I think some, the pistol brace thing is going to be a separate deal, and that's, that probably will go up. I think that they would maybe be able to say, in those cases, I think they'll be able to do that. And that may lead, like I've said before, and I would say the reason that they might be able to or be willing to take up that case, I'm kind of thinking I'm a little scrambled here because I'm thinking of, of so many things are popping into my head right now. But So I take a breath here and let's talk again about the pistol brace thing. So I think what's going to happen is somebody is going to, that's going to make their its way up to the Supreme Court. I think that probably the Supreme Court will hopefully take that up because if you look at the amount of people that have a bump stock as opposed to the amount of people that have pistol braces and that number is is staggeringly different they're saying that it could be anywhere from 20 to 40 million people could have pistol braces now i don't know if that means that 20 to 40 million people have purchased. And so I could see how in one thing they could say, oh, there's been about 40 million braces out there. And we think probably around like 20 million have them because maybe one guy just has one and some other people have four or five, you know, that type of thing. But I think that there's a large enough section of the population that could be affected by that, that they may do that. When would that happen? I don't know. I do think, though, that some of those lawsuits aren't going to come about until the December ruling. Also, I don't. We we don't know what's going to happen politically with the. Well, we will know. We'll we'll know next month. We'll. But for right now, we don't know what's going to come about politically with the Senate and with the House and what are those numbers going to be? And then if the numbers change over to where it's a more favorable Second Amendment group of politicians that are in there, could we put enough pressure on them to say, you guys need to get the ATF in check and you need to get rid of you know the classifications like we talked about on the last show about what was his name, Marshall, Senator Marshall, and there was the other guy... Oh, and I can't remember right now. Um, anyway, there was a guy in the House that was putting up basically the, the exact same legislation, or uh, legislation, excuse me, that would, in effect, sort of deregulate short barrel rifles, short barrel shotguns, AOWs, and some of that stuff. And that would be if that thing just went up as is. I would imagine that they could, they they may, some of that stuff would be amended or rewritten, but it would be a thing where I think at the end of the day, they would probably say, look, you, like we talked about before, I don't want to rehash too much, but they would say, if you have a, 
a rifle, you, the barrel length can't be any less than six inches. And then we're going to, you know, we'll still keep the designation of maybe short barrel rifle. But if it's, it's a, a rifle, anything that's under six, well, most people aren't going to do that. And then they would say if it's a handgun, it's always a handgun. It doesn't matter if you put a little stock on it or put a little foregrip on the front of it or something like that. It's, it's not a big deal. So anyway, we shall see what's going to happen with that stuff. Also, I think there was some other cases that didn't get heard. And right now, off the top of my head, I can't remember those. There was a case, and I think this was in the last couple of days or so, there was a Texas federal court judge and this uh, they had originally ordered an injunction to stop the ATF from going after the this company and it's called I think it's tactical machining and then there were a couple of plaintiffs with them and I Vanderstock and somebody else I can't remember who the other person was but anyway the judge when they did the initial thing they said hey we can leave this thing open and I think I talked a little bit about this on a previous show. And this may allow other people to see if they can be covered under the umbrella of this initial injunction. And I think there was, um, was it Fire, Firearms Policy Coalition had, had sued, I think, the ATF or something like that. Anyway, they were basically trying to get in on it. And they were trying to do a thing to say, well, it should protect us from prosecution. It should also protect our members. It should protect blah, blah, blah. And they also wanted to try and maybe uh, see if they could get a national thing that would protect pretty much everybody. And the judge, part of what the judge did, this is kind of from my limited understanding. A lot of this stuff is, it's, gets confusing, but from what I can understand, it looks like what the judge did on the, and I, this is probably the wrong term, like the secondary injunction or the uh, making the ruling on on this other stuff is that he said okay the ATF can't there's there's um there would be a financial harm or there would be harm to these people based off of uh, the constitution uh, constitutionality of this thing not necessarily a financial thing and so this Vanderstock and the other person themselves I think are they can't be prosecuted for the 80% lowers in the 80% kits because remember the ATF is saying that these are now firearms and they have to have a serial number and you have to go through an FFL. It also got expanded to cover this again the specific company tactical machining and their customers who are buying the 80% lowers and maybe the kits together. I again I'm not 100% sure but that it doesn't give them that doesn't give the customers blanket coverage over anything else that they might buy. So this is it's it's kind of narrowing the scope of I guess what's being ruled on here somewhat. It looks like the judge denied adding the Firearms Policy Coalition FPC. I think is that it. What it's called? It denied covering them. It denied covering their members. And then it also denied sort of that blanket protection for maybe anybody out there who has an 80%. Uh, it also went on further to say that this 
if you were a person who was a prohibited possessor of a firearm and I guess you bought this kit and put it together and then now you have a working gun it wouldn't preclude you from being prosecuted as a, a prohibited possessor that type of deal so uh, I think though that like we were talking about it's a good thing in that it would make sense if you say oh well what about you know polymer 80 what about such and such what about these people that maybe have a 3d printer and are, are doing this other thing although this seems to be something that where it's not necessarily self-manufacturing if that's the right phrase it seems to be more where it's something that you can buy so again we see with the government over and over again if something is extremely difficult or it's kind of hard to do the government seems to be okay with you doing it but if it becomes somewhat easy then they want to either regulate it or they want to ban it I think in the future though there still are going to be cases that are going to be brought up against the pistol braces and I think like I had mentioned earlier I think that stuff is all going to be struck down. They're just going to say no. It's you know you can't you can't keep going back and forth. And the way to solve this problem and to keep you from doing it in the future from other things is we're going to have to look at saying okay, well, what actually is a short barrel rifle? What is a pistol? Does short barrel rifle even mean anything? And if you I think if you looked at it un, under the sort of that microscope of what, what was the three things they said? Like history, text, and tradition. A short barrel rifle isn't going to mean anything. So I think maybe that and maybe short barrel shotguns are probably going to go away. All right. Um, let's see. I think that's about it. One real quick thing here that I was thinking about the other day. And that has to do with how do you, if you were new to the hobby or new to firearms or anything like that, and you wanted to get some training, how do you know where to go to? How would you know? Or if you were just kind of a, you know, like that term, like sort of a lurker, and you're looking at, you know, where to go, what would you do? In a lot of ways, the the firearms community is kind of big and sprawling, and in a lot of ways it's very small and kind of insular. And so I think that a person could, if they were, if they were doing a little bit of research, they could kind of go and find some of maybe the, the bigger ones that are out there. So you could look at the Thunder Ranches. You could look at uh, Gunsight out in Arizona. I think Thunder Ranches was at uh, Oregon. You could look at some of those type of places and you could probably even, you know, whether you like them or not, you could go to uh, NRA or you could go to Gun Owners of America and you could look at maybe and say well who do they have and who do they kind of recommend and then you could go online and kind of and see if there were any videos that they had if it, you know so there's there's ways around that stuff because I was kind of thinking about it the other day and I, I was thinking well if I didn't know anything and it would, it would be sort of like me saying well I'm going to go get jujitsu training but who do I go to? Who's good? Who's bad? Is, is the guy that has a little shop or a, a little studio or what would you call it? Um, a little uh, jujitsu gym. Is he the guy that you would go to? Or is he kind of a quack? Is, it, is his 
training regimen and, and procedures and safety protocols are they non-existent you know that type of thing so uh, i do think that there are ways out there but if you guys have any maybe recommended trainers that you think would be good for sort of a first time person uh, let me know right in or uh, do your own audio or like i said you can use that thing over on the armed ape and just say hey this is for firearms cafe this is who i would recommend for training you know, out in Arizona, there's, and again, there's people that with the training thing, sometimes the trainer's personalities can kind of overshadow some of the other stuff. And there's, there's probably some trainers out there that I would take training from that I probably wouldn't get along too well with them personally, but I think they could teach me something. So anyway, like I said, let me know what trainers you have out in your area that you think are good uh, out in here i'm out in arizona so there is gunsight which is probably one of the top ones in the country there is uh, gabe suarez you know whether you like him or not if you said okay i'm going to put his personality aside do you think he knows what he's doing and he could teach you something and that the answer to that for me would be yes and those would just be two right off the bat there's also some some good trainers out at the Ben Avery range. There are some decent ones out at Scottsdale Gun Club, I think is the name of it. And you can, you know, you can also look at things and you can go to it and see if they have some of those stores or some of the gun stores have, and if they've got a range, especially usually they have some type of training. Don't forget too, that you can always hire somebody. You can go up to the thing and say, Hey, I'm looking to hire maybe a person just to, to go over the basics and do this with me for about an hour and what I'd like to do is be become familiarized with the firearm first and then go to shooting. So especially like if you had a younger person, if you had a kid who was 10, 12 years old, some of them might do that. Some of them might say, look, I can't, you know, the liability wise, I can't really do that here at the store, but I can meet you out at this other range. You know, who knows? There's, I'm sure there's all sorts of ways and things around that. And it, it also got me to thinking of another thing. There are... Remember how I was saying sometimes that the firearms community can be kind of small. There are certain people who, what's that term? Gatekeepers. And they, they will say things like, oh, yeah, you should train and you should do this, but you don't need this type of equipment. So you don't need body armor. Or you don't need a plate carrier. Or you don't need such and such because you're not going to be in that. Only... I should do that because I'm the professional. You know, I was kicking indoors or I was in the military and saw combat and blah, 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 blah. I've never really understood that mentality. I've never understood like why, number one, why would you care what somebody is training with or how they're training as long as they're doing it safe and it seems to be the right training. I could understand somebody being critical and saying, oh, that training right there is is dangerous or they're they're teaching the wrong thing or the the fundamentals of it are being ignored that type of thing that i could understand and that would be a legit criticism but to accuse people of either like larping or or cosplaying of course LAR if larping what that term means it came from uh live action role play so it had to do primarily kind of like a like a dungeons and dragons dress up type thing you know where you'd go out and goof around and and just have fun with your friends and of course it was kind of derided and all this other stuff but again for me i don't understand why 
somebody would want to curtail what somebody else is doing. You know, especially like I'm sure a few years ago they would have said something like, "Oh, these there's these people in Ukraine or something, and they've you know they go out and they have." Uh, and again, I don't know if you could have body armor or guns or anything like that in Ukraine, but let's just let's just say like they were they were training with like airsoft stuff and they were they had the gear but it wasn't necessarily you know the the regular kind of what we'll call like mil spec gear that type of thing like like that we can get here in america where you can actually get body armor like i said i don't know if back then if you could or you know some other countries you see other countries people they they are showing like training videos where they're doing you know stuff and, and it's not that they're professionals they're just like people like you and me and they've got stuff up on youtube or on you know some of these other video streaming platforms but again some of those same people would have said oh you know these people in ukraine they don't need to train this way but all of a sudden guess what it happens and you would be ahead of the curve if you had taken training where you do sure to show up with a plate carrier you do show up with mags on the, on that that are attached to the plate carrier you do show up with wearing actual body armor whether they're metal plates or whether they're ceramic or whether they're something else you do have maybe some of the camo gear or you know the old military surplus stuff uh, again i and i understand kind of making fun of and teasing people but that's that's one thing of that's different than saying ah you shouldn't do it at all where there's no legitimate reason there's you would never have a use for it which i again i don't believe so i think you should get as much training as you can i think you should get as, as much diversity in your training as you can get also it kind of goes to the thing of and this will we'll sort of end the show with this but we'll talk a little bit i opened up the show talking about how i'd come back from yoga today part of the training too should be more than just going on the range and shooting at the paper if you can, if you can find a, a space where you can get up and move and maybe set your own stuff up, if you, but also if you can, if you can make the time, and most of us have the time, if you can work in 25 to 30 minutes every other day, let's say, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, of where you do some exercise, where you do some stretches, where you go on walks, where you maybe, if you don't want to walk around outside in your neighborhood with your plate carrier, Take your backpack and put it on and put a bunch of books or something in there to where it's kind of heavy and walk around with that. Uh, kind of stress yourself a little bit. All right, that is going to do it. Again, I want to thank our mystery man uh, feedback provider today. Thanks again for sending that stuff in. Like I said, I do get a big kick out of that. If you would like to be in the same boat as mystery man and be able to have your stuff put out on the show, you can do it. You have the power. Send that stuff to me, either recorded audio or email. And it can be, again, it can be on anything you want, and I'll read it out for you on the show. That address is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. Also remember, if you go over to, if you want it super easy peasy, if you go over to my other uh, show's website, which is thearmedape.com, you'll find that little uh, little microphone thing will pop up once the website loads, and you can click on that and follow the prompts on there, and it will 
uh, send you it'll 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 send that recorded message to me. It is 90 seconds. They do ask for I think your name. You don't have to put your real name in there if you don't want to, uh, but you can if you want. Anyway, that is it, my friends and my fellow travelers. I will talk to you guys next time.